It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Happy Ferg Friday, everyone. SEC Media Days are now behind us, but we got to talk about what the Auburn representation did yesterday. Brian Harson, Bo Nix, Owen Papo, and the man who covered it all, Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. How are you, my friend? I'm good now that we've figured out our audio situation. This is I take two. To, uh, That's okay, though. Yes, this is, yes, I tried to commandeer a table on uh, Radio Row, a little, little guerrilla radio for media days. And I guess the SEC knew what I was doing. Sankey knew. Down, so. I think Sankey yeah, knew so, about it. Yeah. So, so I'm now on a parking deck at the Galleria, uh, <laughs> trying to uh, trying to keep up this connection. So well, probably not the best audio I've ever put out in the world, but. I had to, I had to do the locked on thing, man. Well, I, had to, I had to do it. I appreciate that. No, uh, you got to give people what they want, and what they want is some Ferg Friday. So, as far as uh, let's talk about what Auburn did at Media Days on Thursday. Let's start with Brian Harson. He said more mm-hmm. things than I was expecting him to. I think he was more engaging than I was expecting. To. I did expect him to have a very long opening statement, so we wouldn't have to give any questions. We nailed that. Just three. Questions. Shout out to Lance for asking one of them. But I think uh, the the thing that stood out to me the most was like he had no issue just throwing shade at Gus Malzahn on multiple occasions. That's my biggest takeaway. Yeah, the story about the uniforms in the Arkansas State game was something I didn't, I wasn't aware of. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty wild. That was pretty wild. But yeah, I mean, so uh, I wrote about this at the Observer on, on Thursday afternoon. Like if you just watched. SEC media days coverage on the network and watch Brian Harson. you're not, you didn't get a lot. Um, you know, it was very kind of general, maybe stuff you've heard before, kind of culture, setting the tone, expectations, right. stuff like that. But a little inside baseball here, when you go to SEC media days, um, they have a thing, a lot of beats and Auburn's done it for years and years where before these guys, before the head coach goes up to the stage, uh, they like to give the local beat an opportunity to talk to them, you know, for about half an hour or so. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of info from that session um, with Brian Harson where you got to kind of ask him. He got a lot of questions in that one. So, yeah, the the, the main media days thing is just you got to think the people in there are national. The people in there don't cover Auburn. Right. Um, you know, they're asking questions kind of general and and wanting to, you know, kind of big picture stuff. Um, so I think there was a lot of you know, kind of what we expected big picture wise from Harson. Uh, but the, you know, the, the, the real stuff is kind of in the stuff that was going on away from the main stage and, um, you know, got, got some good information from Harson yeah. on a number of topics. Yeah. And, and I want to get your thoughts on that. And I just read the, um, the observer newsletter while you were walking from radio road to the gallery, <laughs> parking deck, uh, which is fantastic. Great stuff. But I, I hate it when I listen to shows and they mention something, they don't explain it for, uh, for folks who don't know what, what was said. So real quick, the Arkansas state thing, we all know that Harson replaced yeah. Gus at, as the head coach of Arkansas State in 13, Arkansas State then comes to Auburn. He was asked about that game, and he talks about the drama there because uh, they had gray uniforms. 
that they weren't going to get to wear, but they were able to work something out. Arkansas State was supposed to wear gray. Auburn was supposed to wear blue. And then um, it sounds like they had an agreement in place. And per Harson on Thursday, he said uh, Gus kind of changed his mind at the last minute. And Harson had to end up taking multiple 15-yard penalties uh, to, to start the game, which I remember that happening vaguely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, that's weird. Okay, whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah, he wanted to he wanted to mention that. And then he talked about culture um, like you said, and later in the uh, in the press conference after that, <laughs> um, he kind of uh, he kind of hints that like he didn't know what the culture was like, uh, you know, with the the previous staff. But you know, you just kind of got to keep going going on with it, and um, you know, focus on who you are now. But I, I kind of took that as a jab as well. Uh, I think some folks will like that, some folks won't. He said. Is it di- uh, is it different from the, what the previous staff had? I have no idea. I didn't dive into what their core values were. I got a chance. What I did when I took the job is wanted to see it. I wanted to witness what the scene was about. I wanted to see why guys show up late. I wanted to see why guys mm-hmm. didn't finish. I wanted to see those things for myself with my own eyes and make my own determinations. And we heard stories about that, right, from the inside during spring where he was just blown away that, like, dudes would, like, show up to practice late and things like that. To me, that kind of confirms all of those things. For sure. And I think one of the things that Bo Nix said in uh, in the electronic media room, another one away from the main stage, was that, you know, He's, he said, you know, Coach Harson is very big on the details. He says, you know, the, the, there's a lot of differences um, right now when you look at it. Uh, it, it he's, he's, he's huge into the small details and the discipline that goes into running a football program. And when you hear that over and over again from players on this team and, and, and people who see the program, it's like, okay, there is a difference. And Harson is very much that stickler for details. He wants everything to be – you know, his way or the highway kind of thing. And and that's not a rare trait by any means in college football among coaches, but it's one of those things where it's like, all right, if it's being said enough by the people who have been in the program, that shows you how much of a difference it is. So yeah, I think right. there was a there was a little bit there's a little bit of subtle shade there, I think, from from Harson. Yeah. And I think some would say it's not even subtle at all. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, the second the second quote for sure. Yeah, it's like, well, y'all know what you're saying there, but that's okay. That's all right. All right, Justin, kind of take us through what happened um when it was just Harson and the local beat. What were some of the interesting things um that he talked about? Yeah, so the quick info to get off the off the uh, right off the bat here is uh, uh, camp's going to start in two weeks. Uh, it's going to be uh, August fifth, uh, which is a Thursday. Uh, they are going to uh, have a team meeting. They're going to do their first couple of practices where they split between the veterans and the newcomers, and then everybody gets back together on day three, and it's off and running from there. Uh, one of the other biggest things uh, takeaways from this uh, from that time was that he expects to have close to a hundred percent clean bill of health for this football team by the time they play, you know, in, in fall camp. He said, you know, we might have some guys roll some ankles or some hamstrings, but we expect them all to be ready to go with the exception of Jeremiah Wright, mm-hmm. who of course tore his ACL in, in spring practices. But that means Brandon Council. I know this is a Brandon Council podcast. He Brandon told Council me, Justin, to- three weeks ago, Council told me he was, quote, 100%. Yeah, and that's huge. And that's huge because if you go back and look at last season, whenever – 
Auburn lost Brandon Council, their offensive line as a whole was never quite the same after that moment. That was a dark day. That was a sad day. Huge for versatility, huge for experience. Right. But that also means the wide receivers, Xavion Capers, Shedrick Mm -hmm. Jackson, J.J. Evans, guys that were either limited or, you know, out altogether in spring practices, they'll be back. And that's going to be huge for a wide receiver group that's got a lot of work to do this off, you know, here in, in fall camp. Uh, that means the defensive backs that we didn't see as much. Amari Harvey, some of the linebackers, some of the defensive linemen that got banged up. You will see them uh, out there in, in fall camp, and that's huge because this team's got a lot of work to do to get ready for the season. And so if you can be near 100%, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's some of the best news that a coach can get. Um, and then there was this other kind of talk about uh, the quarterback uh, room, uh, the competition, what he's looking for from Bo Nix and T.J. Finley. What he thinks about the competition, maybe some other positions. Um, you know, talk about recruiting, you know, kind of, you know, admitting that he's had to play some catch up with this class and they, and they're, they're trying to get rolling. Um, but, you know, ultimately December is when it's all really going to matter. And so I think that's kind of with his main message. So there's a lot to get into the vaccination rate. Some of the stuff he got into on the main stage was, was kind of repeated. Um, but, uh, you know, there was a lot of like that inner details, some of the, some of the real, uh, stuff that, uh, you know, Auburn fans have been wanting to hear and getting ready for football season. Uh, I got to share that uh, with the local beat before the time on the main stage, which was very, very valuable, as we found out later, because he wasn't going to take very many questions. <laughs> right, right. Hey, today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar. In fact, it tastes just like a candy bar, and it is good for you. Very high in protein, very low in calories, very low in sugar, very high in delicious flavor. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Ferg, he talked about, um, you know, and I got this from the Auburn Observer newsletter that you sent out pretty quick after Mm -hmm. he got done talking. I'm impressed with how quick you turned that out. But they, um, he he talked about the expectations with uh, transfers coming in. And like how they're all yeah. expected to um, to compete day one, but they're not going to be given the job, given the opportunity. They got to come in and earn it. Kind of talk about that for a second. Yeah, I think the big thing here with you know he said this a lot with quarterbacks this offseason. He's saying it a lot with the transfers. He's big on the mental stuff about uh, about football. Is that uh, a horse next to you? It sounds like there's a horse a, next to you. That was a large. I think that was a dumpster that okay. people are trying to drag away from here. Yeah, this is going to be the greatest audio. It's going to be the greatest audio you've ever had on a podcast. Uh, I'm all in uh, on it. I'm all in. You're welcome. Uh, no, it's, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things that mental preparation is very key for him. He says when you get these guys and you sign these guys, you immediately have to start feeding them information, whether it's playbooks, um, you know, team style, you know, our philosophy, our expectations, the way we run things, because there's a gap. There's a huge gap, especially for guys like Eku Liotta. Uh, and 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 uh, Tony Fair and some of those guys who who signed really early in this process. Um, there's a big gap between when they sign and when they arrive, and so when they're not here for whatever reason, they've got to be able to make it up some way. And so what they try to do is mental preparation. Like you got to know where you're supposed to be 
athleticism can only take you so far. You've got to be where, where you're supposed to be on the field. You've got to know what you're doing. And so for these transfers who have not been here in the spring and haven't been here throughout the whole summer in some cases, like a guy like Demetrius Robertson, what you have to do with them is you have to really, really uh, hone in on, like, all right, here's what you're going to absolutely have to know so that when we get into practice, you know, you can kind of hit the ground running. And so that was really interesting to hear because I think a lot of times, you know, people start thinking, okay, well, you get a transfer and great. When they come in, they're ready to go. Obviously, they've got experience. They're going to be, they're going to be com- competing and you know, possibly winning these starting jobs. Whereas I think they are not shying away from the fact that, especially when you have so many new guys coming into the portal, you have to go above and beyond to make sure that these guys know what's going on. Right, right. So who do you think the main guy he's talking about there is? I mean, I know he's talking big picture, but who does that impact the most? I know uh, based on the way you wrote it, it sounds like Finley was a guy that was brought up in regards to, um, you know, the quarterback battle. But yeah, you think there's other guys specifically who's talking about? I mean, I guess by Darius Knighton and, and Tony Fair, just because if they don't play this year, their college eligibility is gone. Right. Yeah. I think that's a big thing there. And yeah, I think Finley's the, the main one you talk about when you talk about that, because it's like quarterback, the mental side of the game matters probably more than any other part, any other position group. You got to be ready mentally to play quarterback. And, and so I think that's a big thing for him. Um, you know, other guys, yeah, you have to get them ready as soon as they sign. And I think of a guy like Akuliota, I think of a guy, um, you know, like by Eric Snyden, who, it's been a while since they signed, you know, we've been talking about these guys for a long time now. And, and there's this gap between when they sign and when they arrive. So what do you do in that dead time? What do you do when you're not on campus yet? And so I think there's been a big focus on them. It's like, guys, we know you're talented. We know you're physically ready. We know you can play at the college level because you've already done it before, but you got to know what we're, what we're all about. So that by the time you step on there, you have a limited window. Like some of these guys got a whole spring and a fall to impress the coaching staff. These transfers don't. They just have a fall. And so even though they have experience and they have talent, uh, they've got to do a lot of catch-up there. And so I think it's huge for the offensive players. Um, I think Robertson's going to be another one of those because of the weird timeline he's on um, coming in from Georgia. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think think Finley was one of the ones that you had to say. And and the good news is a lot of those guys, especially Finley, he he talked – very highly to me, being a quick learner, a quick study, and that's exactly what you want. Sure, absolutely. All right, let's talk about some of the, uh, the, the two players in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Ferg, what can people check out right now at the Auburn Observer? Yeah, you can check out uh, a number of things. We had a uh, breakdown earlier this week on the new uh, Auburn uh, commitment wide receiver, Jay Fair. Full commitment on him. I, I really like his fit and I like some of the skills he'll he'll bring to the table for Auburn uh you can check out uh, what I was talking about earlier with Zach uh you know the the what you didn't hear from Brian Harson on the main stage all the information you need to know that you might not have gotten if you were looking on uh you know Twitter or, or watching on the SEC network so you can check that out uh we'll have 
another uh, newsletter up uh, later, you know, if you're listening to this earlier today uh, from some of the players, some of what we learned from the players at Media Days. And we're into it next week. Next week's really the last week of the offseason uh, because, like I said, they uh, they start oh, fall camp here in a couple of weeks. Say that again. Say that again. <laughs> oh, so close. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this is the perfect time to sign up for the Auburn Observer um, as uh, you want the inside scoop on what's going on in fall camp in a few weeks. And then, of course, the season will be here before you know it. AuburnObserver.com, worth every single penny. All right, so Bo Nix, you know, speaking of Robertson at the end of that last segment, Jay Ferg, uh, sounds like they haven't really gotten to work out together that much. I kind of thought they had been doing that behind the scenes, but he's been focusing on graduating. Yeah, Robertson is one of those guys who hasn't arrived yet. Uh, they have not, you know, Carson didn't talk about him by name today, and I think part of that is because he hasn't arrived, you know, all the rules to get with NCAA, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, he, he's got to get his grades done. He's got to be able to get eligible immediately. And so, yeah, there's he's going to be able to try to hit the ground running in fall camp whenever he arrives. No one outside of Tony Fair has more experience in college football than Demetrius Robertson on this on this roster. So I think he'll be able to plug in right away. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, it, it's going to be very key to see how well he kind of jives with this offense early on uh, because he's going to be such a key piece there's not a ton of experience. And that's why I also think that a guy like uh, having guys like Xavier Capers and Shedrick Jackson back to 100% is going to be huge for them in fall camp because not a ton of production coming back, but those two guys in terms of experience and production are some of the best you've got. Right, right. Um, Bo Nix's um, answer in regards to like criticism and stuff was interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think what else he said that really stood out to me. That's kind of it. Yeah, one of the things that we got from the electronic media room on Bonex was that he said, you know, I asked him, I was like, what do you think about TJ Finley? And he was like, man, he's a big dude. He's got a great arm, um, strong, uh, really quick release. He's saying, I'm trying to do as much as I can to help him out and try to help him along in the offense. And it's like, you would expect that from a guy like Bo Nix, but to hear somebody actually saying that when, you know, so much of this offseason has been about, ooh, the competition, you know, us for, you know, it's, it's going to be Bo versus TJ. And it's like the, the camaraderie and the, and the, you know, the quick uh, friendships, I think, that have been made, these partnerships, these bonds that have been made with these transfers and this new team, um, I think has been really cool to see. I've heard a lot of good stuff about how, um, you know, Finley's kind of plugged right in. Um, so it was cool to hear Bo say, yeah, man, I'm trying to help him out as much as I can because, you know, he, he's a really talented dude and, he, and he's a big asset for the for the quarterback room. So, you know, hearing that was, I think, pretty cool. Um, he had some interesting talk, you know, thoughts on NIL and just kind of that whole process being the face of Milo's now. And, uh, you right. know, but, yeah, but Bo's, Bo, you know, very much came in and, and thought a lot about, you know, what the storyline has been about him, you know, for the last couple of years. He's been criticized. He's gotten a ton of criticism. Um, he's had some big wins. He's had some big plays. He's had some big moments, but he knows he has to be better. Yeah. And, but he knows that, you know, he knows that uh, he's in a good spot right now in terms of the development and uh, the coaching staff that he's got. And yeah, I think, I think the big thing them is they feel very comfortable in this offense. Owen Papo said, you can tell a difference with Bo Nix when they're out in practice and they're doing drills. He just like, he says he just looks more calm and, and comfortable in this scheme, and that's that, that's huge. Could you say that he's um, he's more comfortable in this new offense, and he's having fun? Yeah, yeah, he's having fun. This is the year, right? This is the now, year. I think that's I think that's the thing though with with Bo is that everyone can see that Bo's got a lot of talent. 
but Bo, you know, when the bullets start flying, sometimes there, there are some issues and major issues and accuracy inconsistency. So if he's a calm and cool and collected more this year in this type of offense, and that's great news for Auburn football. Uh, all right, let's talk about, Oh, you mentioned Owen, you know, talking up the offense and talking up Bo Nix. What else, uh, what else did Owen Papo say that stood out to you? Let me tell you one thing. If you want a hype man to say a lot of good, not, good things about you, might I, might I ask you to inquire about Owen Papo's services, man. The dude will talk up his teammates left and right. Uh, he had a lot of good things to say about Tank Bigsby. He had a lot of good things uh, to say about um, his fellow linebackers. Uh, Wesley Steiner raved about Wesley Steiner. Okay. Uh, said that the future said the future is going to be bright in the linebacker room because of because of that dude and how far he's come this offseason. Just great news to hear. And I think Wesley's very much kind of a a junior papo in terms of uh, his his skill set and his athleticism. Right. So that's great to hear. I think for Auburn. Uh, and then he also relayed the little tidbit. Uh, that uh, that Jarquez Hunter uh, can squat 600 pounds, and wow. he is not a normal freshman. Um, so he was he was really promoting like a lot of the guys, a lot of the newcomers that are doing a really good job in the weight room. Uh, mentioned Tony Fair and his work ethic. Uh, mentioned Marcus Harris and how well he's he's come on uh, strong on the defensive side of the ball. And, and I think yeah, that and the Jarquez Hunter thing. It's just this dude is is a great rep for Auburn and any of these guys would have been on the defensive side. But I think part of the reason why Owen, you know, one of the things that Owen gets picked is not only is he one of the most talented players on that defense and it's kind of a star in and of himself as a former five-star, but, you know, Owen does a really good job as a leader. And I think he's also a very good voice for this team because, um, you, you know, he has a very, uh, very genuine uh, interest in his teammates mm-hmm. and is a big cheerleader for him. And every time we talk to him, he's always, He's always pointing towards other guys. And so I think that was cool to see that kind of inaction at media days. That's an SID in a head coach's dream uh, when you have a guy who can talk so highly about his teammates like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've heard over the course of the offseason about Owen's leadership, and I think that's definitely um, definitely a form of it. So, all right. So all in all, it seemed like it was a good day for the Tigers. I mean, I think they did what they needed to do in regards to – make the school and the program and the team look good in front of the media, mm-hmm. in front of people watching, and then, you know, excite the the fan base at home. And it seems like they've done that. Yeah, I mean, this is not a team. I, I think one of the things that we heard today that was so interesting was with Bo, with Owen, with, uh, especially with Brian, you didn't hear guys saying, we feel like we can be – the best team in the SEC. We're going to win all these games. Like they're confident. Like uh, you know, one of the big talking points is not being scared of Alabama, obviously. Um, but you know, you hear this team that you know they're very focused right now in terms of like what they've got to do. And every one of these dudes is like, hey, we've got new systems in. It's been a lot of hard work. The summer workouts have been a grind. Um, right. You know they've they've been really tough on us. But it's like it's very much a, a mindset of these guys where they're not necessarily saying hey, we're going to come in and, and shock the world next year, or hey, we're going to come in and, and prove everybody wrong. But it's more of like, look, man, we know we've got a lot of hard work to do to be one of the one of the best teams in this conference, and we're willing to put that in. And I think that's a tonal shift than what we normally hear from Auburn out of media days. Yeah. And so it was interesting to see that, 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 that kind of come into play today with Carson. All right, so in the Discord, Justin, I asked if people had questions for you about media days. I, haven't, I have not yeah. previewed these. I'm just going to read them, which – one day I'm going to prep for this show, and it's going to be great. 
Anubis uh, asked, <laughs> I'm curious what the buzz is about Harson like not what people are writing for their websites or putting on social, but the off the record conversation in the hallway between media types. We kind of talked about that, right? Is there anything else that happened, you know, as far as seeing him as like a dude? I I think, I think a lot of media people were like, man, this dude will filibuster and oh man, this guy's, you know, very much on a one track mind Uh uh, with certain things. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I had a conversation with somebody in the media um at media days where they were talking about harson like man it's the first time i've ever heard him and it's like that can be tough and i and we both kind of came to the conclusion it's like yeah but it's not about us right like it's brian harson's job is not to impress media folks now it can help obviously and you know press obviously plays a plays a part in, in the program but like what's more important is if he can get the fans fired up and he can get you know recruits uh watching uh, to mm-hmm. be fired up and wanting to play wanting to play for him and i think I think he's he's going to be unequivocally him. You know, he's not going to put on a, a show, and he's not going to come in and, and try to be someone he's not. He's going to be the same old hard nosed Brian Harson uh, that made him such such a uh, rising star and coaching at Boise State. And we got we got some of that at Media Days uh, this week. Um, ben asked, "What was said during Media Days that caught Jay Ferg off guard and was not expecting?" If not, um, you, you can say nothing here. If you want, no, and you, you know, you know what? I'll say this: the, the clean bill of health for this team it was surprising to me. Yeah, okay. Not because you know I had heard good things about Brandon Council coming back, like you were mentioning earlier, um, but the fact that you know you can get through such a, a brutal off season and, and, and a grind that it was, and there were so many injury issues coming out of spring practice and during spring practice that it was like, okay, are they going to be able to do this all? offseason right like are they going to be able to have a healthy team in fall camp so to hear harson quickly say yeah we feel like everybody except for jeremiah Wright's going to be back for, right. for fall camp and ready to go i think that's that's a pleasant surprise for sure so I, I wasn't expecting that at all kyle asked does harson seem genuine or honest and does it feel like when or does it feel like coach speak with him we kind of touched on that um no no i won't say like coach speak can be in the eye of the beholder i think yeah he's blunt he's pretty honest and like yeah i mean i think it's very obvious that you know talking to the media is not something that he particularly enjoys doing like other coaches might and like he's just he's just going up there to do his job he's gonna be like i said earlier he's he's a very honest person like Mm -hmm. you can even talk about it with the vaccine stuff it's like you know he uh saying some of the stuff he said about vaccines and 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 and, you know covid and, and all that the protocols like is not going to win him a lot of friends uh, in, in the court of public opinion, but that's how he feels and that's who he is. And I think there's something to that in terms of uh, a way a coach presents himself in front of the media. And then uh, Kev asked how odd slash random was it when Harz brought up Gus's pulling the switcheroo in 2013 over the gray jersey. I mean, he was kind of asked about that, right? He was kind of asked about yeah, well, I don't he think was, he went out of his way for that. He was asked about he was asked about the game, but then he came out and said, "Hey, you know, they wanted to wear these jerseys, and then we got the rug pulled out from under him." I'm like, "He's like, oh, I got a yeah, chance to disgust real quick, so I'm going to do it." Yeah, man, like that was that was pretty that was pretty uh, random. Like I thought he would be like, "Yeah." I mean, hey, he chose to do that. Was, he could have so easily said, "Like, yeah, we came out and lost, but it was great to be in Jordan Hare and see you know that passionate fan and it, base." And he gets to that. Yeah, right. He gets. He could have just jumped straight to that, though. <laughs> and he was like, "You know what? I remember from that game. I remember us getting screwed about the uniforms." And it's like, "All right, that's." But that's that's the that's the kind of guy we've heard about um, since he's arrived. And from my 
friends who uh, cover Boise State uh, in the past was like, yeah, that's that, that 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 checks a lot of boxes. Did you catch the guy from the uh, Orlando newspaper asking about the yes. uh, the pressure cooker Bianchi. that he's walking into? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bianchi Bianchi's done a Bianchi's been around for so long, and he's good at the he's good at the quips on media days. So yeah, that was that was funny. Carson laughed. Do you think he got that that dig? Um, another Gus dig, I guess, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, Bianchi's Orlando media, but he knows how ridiculous that guy's question was when he arrived. So, right. uh, Bianchi was also Bianchi was also the one who called a uh, saving coach or something like that earlier this week during the Deion Sanders kerfuffle. So, oh, how um, funny. You know, that's, yeah, so he was the, – these guys who have been here all week and these veterans, like, they, they get to the end and they're just firing off. Like, you know, they've got they, – they're showing they still got a few more bullets left in the chamber. I love that. Justin, how can people sign up for the Observer? What all do they get? Yeah, AuburnObserver.com. Six dollars a month, sixty dollars a year. Get you access to everything we do. It emails straight into your inbox three or four times a week for newsletters covering Auburn football and men's basketball, analysis and breakdowns that hopefully you can't get anywhere else. And uh, also, we uh, we've got uh, a couple of podcasts. We get a free one on the weekends. Uh, you can check out wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you subscribe, like I said, for that six dollars or sixty dollars a year. Uh, you get a premium one during the midweek episode. And this past midweek episode, which we put out on Thursday morning, uh, was with Nathan King of uh, Auburn Undercover. And that was Ooh, a fun nice. conversation about a, about a number of uh, topics that didn't really have anything to do with media day. So if you want to check that out, uh, definitely do that at auburnobserver.com. Thank you, sir. That is Justin Ferguson joining us. We'll be back on – actually, I'm going to play a, a special pod tomorrow um, – with folks from 98 Strong about NIL stuff. So we'll see you then, right here on Locked On Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.